Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Into our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in Masaka, Uganda, East Africa. And I'm excited about being here today. God is so good. God is so wonderful. And uh, I give him all the glory and the praise that he deserves. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, once again, that's what this podcast is all about, encouraging you to always abound in the work of the Lord, encouraging you to take a fresh look at your ministry, your family, your life, everything about you, and make sure that you're moving on in a direction that is always abounding. And uh, once again, thank you so much for your prayers for myself and our family as we continue to serve the Lord here in this country. God's doing some amazing things, and I am so glad that I have the opportunity to be a part of it and uh, you know I'm just a just a link in a chain and uh, just a, just a small part of God's God's uh, worldwide purpose and uh, sometimes I wonder why God didn't send me someplace else or why God did not allow me to pastor another church or something of that nature but uh, God put me exactly where He knew that I could do the best. Uh, with what God has given me to do. And so I praise the Lord that I'm here in uh, Uganda and uh, wouldn't want to be any other place right now. Uh, I want to be in the center of God's will. And uh, God may someday move me. I don't know. I don't have any inclinations toward that right now, but uh, I'm just so glad, so glad, so glad that I can serve the Lord. And I'm so glad that God gave me a family, uh, not not only the family that I was raised in, but uh, God gave me the family that I have now uh, that uh, enables me and helps me uh, to be able to serve the Lord and reach this area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I am so blessed. I, I tell you what. As I sit and sometimes think about the blessings that God has allowed me to uh, to partake in, being raised in a Christian home, raised in a missionary's family, and uh, having the uh, the principles and the character of God instilled in me growing up, and uh, then going off to a good Bible college and getting training in character and 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 uh, how to study, how to formulate your beliefs, how to study the Word of God. God gave me a wonderful home church. God gave me a great uh, wife, and uh, praise the Lord so much for my wife. Uh, she is such a blessing to me, such a help to me. I I honestly, honestly, in all the years we've been married, uh, and we've almost, this, this coming June, we'll be married 30 years, I have never had a problem with my wife. My wife has just been absolutely uh, the definition of a virtuous woman, and uh, I thank the Lord so much for her. She helps me so much in the ministry. She helps me so much with our family, with our children. I could not, I could not have asked for a better wife. And uh, then God gave me some good kids and uh, knuckleheads for sure, but uh, God gave me some good kids and uh, appreciate uh, the ones that God gave me. Every one of them were different. Every one of them have different personalities, but uh, praise the Lord as of this 
this moment, every one of them serving the Lord, every one of them love the Lord, every one of them uh, have a relationship with the Lord. And uh, I, I tell you what, I couldn't couldn't be happier. And uh, right now, then we've got uh, I've got one granddaughter and a uh, grandson on the way. And uh, how can how can life get any better than that? Amen. And uh, every single day, I pray for the salvation of my grandchildren. That uh, when the day comes, when they when they are accountable for their actions, when they understand that they're a sinner, when they understand that uh, they need a savior, uh, I pray every day that my grandchildren will come to know Jesus Christ as their savior, and uh, so that we will raise another generation of uh, people that will go out and win others for the for uh, win others to Christ and influence others for the kingdom of God. Those of you that uh, are praying for us, thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, my wife is uh, great, greatly, greatly improving. Uh, she had to have a minor um, uh, checkup, you know, where they take a laser and, and literally they took a laser and cleaned her eye. I don't understand how that happens, but uh, they did that a couple weeks ago, and it cleared up some of the blurriness that was as a result of her previous surgery. And uh, so her sight seems to be doing a lot better. And uh, every time we go into her physical therapist regarding her knee, uh, her knee is uh, doing a lot better. She's moving around a lot better. And uh, so, again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your prayers and uh, your giving on our behalf. Thank you for praying for our ministry. And uh, it just continues to to move on. We continue to look for greater and bigger opportunities to serve the Lord. We've got uh, our Triannual Bible Institute coming up next month, and so if you'd be praying for that, that would be a blessing. Uh, we bring in all of the uh, men from our different churches here in the central region of Uganda and uh, bring them in for training. We're going to be looking at the first half of the book of Acts and uh, studying that book first by, verse by verse. And so if you can be praying for that as well, also we'll be going up and continuing our ministry there in Kalido and I'll uh, be going up there in a couple of weeks as well and uh, looking forward to training those men and helping those men in their uh, churches as well. So just keep praying for us. Uh, God has enabled us to be part of a great ministry here. There's a lot of different facets of the ministry, and uh, and uh, there's a lot of things moving, a lot of things happen. God's given us some good people here. God's given us some good men, and uh, and I praise the Lord that uh, that I can serve Him here in this country. Well, in our last podcast, uh, we started a uh, subject, uh, Why Gaddest Thou About? Why Gaddest Thou About? And uh, we looked up the word gaddest, and uh, the word means to ramble idly or to ramble without any fixed purpose. And uh, obviously, that would be the opposite of what we are trying to do, what we're trying to encourage people to do, and that would be to always abound in the work of the Lord. You cannot abound without direction. You cannot abound without goals. You cannot abound without having purpose. And, uh, and so we, may, we need to make sure that in our lives, especially in our spiritual lives, that we are not just gadding about. We're not just uh, wandering aimlessly. We're not wandering without any purpose. And uh, so it's very, very important that we take a look at ourselves, evaluate ourselves, and uh, make sure that uh, we're heading in the right direction in our lives in a spiritual way. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 2, and uh, Lord willing, we will finish up this uh, topic in this podcast today. 
And uh, the Bible says there, and we'll just read our text again, and then we'll get into the scriptures. Uh, the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse number 31, O generation, see the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness unto Israel, a land of darkness? Wherefore say, my people, we are lords. We will come no more unto thee. Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Why trimmest thou thy way to seek love? Therefore thou, also, uh, thou hast also taught the wicked ones thy ways. And in thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. I have not found it by secret search, but upon all these. Yet thou sayest, because I am innocent, surely his anger shall turn from me. Behold, I will plead with thee, because thou sayest, I have not sinned. Why gaddest thou about so much to change thy way? Thou also shalt be ashamed of Egypt, as thou wast ashamed of Assyria. Yea, thou shalt go forth from him, and thine hands upon thy head, for the Lord hath rejected thy confidences, and thou shalt not prosper in them. And uh, we brought our attention there to verse number 36. It was a word that just jumped out at me because I didn't know what it meant and uh, never heard it before. And so I looked it up in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary and found out that the word gaddest means to wander aimlessly, uh, to ramble idly, to go about without any fixed purpose. And uh, again, when that word, when I found the definition of that word, it's the only time this word is used in Scripture. And, uh, and so when I saw that word, I, God began really speaking to my heart about the idea of just rambling, living a life that's just rambling, no purpose, no focus. And, uh, and so as I begin going backwards and looking at Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 2 is kind of the foundation. It's the premise for which uh, we have the rest of the book. It's, it, he's laying out what is the problem with Israel, why are they in the shape that they're in? Why are they making the decisions they're making? And uh, then the rest of the book is about Jeremiah telling them, hey, you need to repent. You need to get right with God. You need to change your ways. And uh, so as he ends this chapter here, why gaddest thou about so much to change thy way? I begin asking myself the question, what, what is it that would bring us to a point? What is it that would bring Judah to a point of being the, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and being God's chosen people, and being the recipient of the law of God, recipient of the protection of God, and uh, just God's God, that they were God's people, they were God's love, and and uh, going from a point of of being the example to all nations of what God intended. Uh, to being a nation that's on the verge of captivity because they've rejected God and in their spiritual walk and in their walk with God, they have literally started gadding about and uh, just wandering aimlessly, no purpose, no direction, no uh, desire to fulfill anything in life. And so I looked at chapter 2, and I, uh, I was trying to read through these verses and, and try to figure out what is it that led up to this and what is it that we can learn from Judah so that we don't make the same mistake and, uh, and start gadding about in our life and start uh, wandering aimlessly in our life. I, I want to get up every day with a purpose. I want to get up every day with a godly goal 
in my life? What am I going to accomplish for God today? What am I going to accomplish for God this week? I, I don't want to just look at my Christian life and my service of God as whatever will be, will be. And whatever happens, happens. Uh, that's not the way I want to be. I do not want to be gadding about the Lord's work. I want to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, if you have not had a chance to listen to our previous podcast, I would encourage you before you continue in this one to go back and listen to the previous podcast because uh, we started in this and, and I told you that there were seven reasons I believe that I found in chapter number two that have led up to this culmination of a nation that was gadding about, that were changing their ways, that were following, ceasing to follow uh, the ways and the principles that God had laid down for them. And uh, so we saw in verses one through four uh, that Israel forgot to whom they belonged. The Bible says there that Israel's holiness unto the Lord, and, and they forgot to whom they belonged. And our, the application, obviously, for us is that we are bought with a price. We are bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and uh, and we don't belong to ourselves. And so we don't have the option just to idly ramble about. God has given us a purpose. God has given us a commission. God has given us a direction that we need to follow. And as his children, we need to make sure that we're doing that. In verses 5 through 7, we saw that uh, Judah forgot who had provided provided for them, who had provided for them. God had brought them out of the land of Egypt. God had took a people that was a nobody. And even when they became many people, all they were were slaves in a foreign land. And God brought them out and uh, God gave them a land flowing with milk and honey. God gave them provision. God gave them uh, direction and and God, God gave them victory. And as long as they uh, serve the Lord and as long as they follow the, the principles of God's word, uh, God blessed them and God gave them victory. God was with them every single step of the way. And then in verse number 8 through 13, we saw number 3, that they started following after things of no profit. And uh, when you fill your life with things of no profit, then you're going to lose your focus. Uh, you'll, you'll be very busy and I, and I say busy in quotes because you're, you're busy doing a lot of things and your, your hours and your minutes in your day are filled with doing things. But the question is, are they things of profit? And, uh, and once again, the application is there is in, in, this, in this age that we live in in 2023, uh, just how much we do in our life that is of no profit. Um, social media and television and movies and uh, sports, football, baseball, all these different things that, that are not wrong in and of themselves, but they take up so much of our time and in the end of it all, they have no profit. Uh, they're, they're, they, don't, they don't help us spiritually. We're not going to stand before God one day and say, you know, look at me, God, look how many friends I had on Facebook and, and look at how my football team did and, and uh, look at the politician that I got behind and voted for and, and look at what he did for our country. That, all, all that is not going to matter. When, when our works pass through the fire, only that which has been done for eternity, only that which has been invested in the souls of men 
are going to last for eternity and will come out on the other side of the fire. And so they started following after things of no profit. So now let's look at number four. And uh, Lord willing, we'll finish out this topic uh, in our podcast today. And uh, so stay with me if you would. Number four, look in verse number 14. Verse number 14, the Bible says, Is Israel a servant? Is he a homeborn slave? Why is he spoiled? The young lions roared upon him and yelled, and they made his land waste. His cities are burned without inhabitant. Also the children of Noph and Tahapanes have broken the crown of thy head. Hast thou not procured this unto thyself, in that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God when he led thee by the way? And now what hast thou to do in the way of Egypt to drink the waters of Sihor? Or what hast thou to do in the way of Assyria to drink the waters of the river? Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, and that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord of hosts." May I say the next thing and the, 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 the next reason that I believe that Judah started, uh, started gadding about, started wandering aimlessly, was they forgot who it was that led them. They forgot who it was that led them. And let me reiterate something. The Bible says there in verse number 17, he says, Thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God when he led thee by the way. All right? God, God said, I am going to give you a pillar of fire. I'm going to give you a cloud during the day, and I'm going to lead you every step of the way from the time that they uh, received the law of God, from the time that they left Egypt. Uh, God led them every step of the way. He led them through all of the battles. He led them through all of the trials. He led them through the times when they needed water. He led them through the times that they needed food. He led them when they faced the enemy. He brought them all the way up to the land and then brought them into the land and led them in. And as long as they followed the word of God, as long as they were submissive to the law of God, as long as they were obedient uh, to the law of God, they had victory. And so again, as God led them, as God, uh, as they followed God, they were successful in everything that they did because you cannot follow God and ramble about. God is not a rambling God. God is not a God of no focus. God is not a God of no direction. And so as we are led of him, he will lead us into the way that he desires us to go, a way that will accomplish his purpose, a way that will accomplish what he desires us as the church to accomplish. And so he says, you have forsaken the Lord thy God when he led thee by the way. And instead of uh, of following God's way, he says, you're following the way of Egypt. You're following the way of Assyria. You are following your own desires of your heart, and you have forsaken me. My fear is not in thee. You are doing your own thing. And once again, the application here, the Bible says uh, that we as believers are to be led of the Spirit. The Spirit of God, as we are filled with His Spirit, He says, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, uh, well, let's just go there real quickly. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, because I want to read it uh, and make sure that I don't miss anything in my old man brain here. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, notice he says in verse number 25, if we live in the Spirit, 
let us also walk in the Spirit. So twice here he says, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse number 16. It, uh, verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Uh, in, in, in verse number 18, he says, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. All right. So God has given, just like the children of Israel had a cloud to follow, and just like the children of Israel had the, the pillar of fire to follow, and just like the children of Israel had the law of God uh, and, and, and the Levites to lead them and teach them and guide them into what was right and what was wrong, God has given us the church, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God, so that that Spirit can lead us and teach us and help us to know what we are supposed to do. Uh, look in 1 Corinthians and chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, get over here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And notice again what he says about the Spirit of God. Notice he says here in verse number 10, For God, well, let's look verse number 9. He says, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, what is the point here? God says, I am not going to lead you comfortless. I am not going to lead you by, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I am going to leave my comforter. I'm going to leave my Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, and he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you in the direction you need to go. And when you and I make the mistakes in our life, it is not because the Holy Spirit has led us to make those mistakes. It is because of our desire to follow our flesh. It is our desire to go down to Egypt, just as the children of Israel did. It is our desire to go after Assyria. It's our desire to follow after other ways and look for other means uh, for us to find what we consider to be a better way. And God says, no, uh, you have forsaken me. You've forsaken my way. And because you are forsaking my way, you don't know the direction you're supposed to go. And so you are just going to wander aimlessly. And, and may I say this, as we apply this to ourselves in our personal life, Every day of our life, all right, even this morning when I got up this morning and I had my time with the Lord, I said, Lord, help me today to walk in the Spirit. Help me today to be led of the Spirit. Help me today to be sensitive to the Spirit of God so that in the decisions I make and when I talk to people and, and when, I, uh, when I preach on this podcast and when I, in everything I do, I am not led by my flesh. I'm not led by my feelings, but I am led by the Holy Spirit of God. And my friend, listen to me. If you are led by the Holy Spirit of God, you will have direction. You will have purpose. You will have focus because God 
gave us his spirit to indwell us, to empower us so that we can preach the gospel to every creature, so that we can edify the saints of God, so that we can uh, do everything we can to build his church, to build the kingdom of God. That is our purpose. That is our focus. That ought to be what we're going to do. But if you do not have him leading you, and if you're being led by your flesh, then you are going to be led by feelings. You're going to be led by how you feel from one minute to another, and you're just going to be wandering around in circles, never accomplishing anything because our flesh and our feelings change from minute to minute to minute to minute everywhere we go. We're never going to go anywhere because we're not led by the Spirit of God. And so that was number four. They forgot who had led them. Look in verse number 20. Verse number 20, the Bible says, For of old time I have broken thy yoke and burnt thy bands, and thou saidest, I will not transgress, when upon every high hill and under every green tree thou wanderest, playing the harlot. Yet I have planted thee a noble vine, holy, a right seed. How then art thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? For though thou wash thee with nitre, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. How canst thou say, I am not polluted? I have not gone after Balaam. See thy way in the valley. Know that thou hast done. Thou art a swift dromedary traversing her ways. A wild ass used to the wilderness that snuffeth up the wind at her pleasure. In her occasion, who can turn her away? All they that seek her will not weary themselves. In her month, they shall find her. Withhold thy foot from being unshod and thy throat from thirst. But thou saidest, there's no hope. No, for I have loved strangers, after them will I go. May I say number five, they forgot who had delivered them. They forgot who delivered them. Now, God has brought them from, understand this, he brought them from a life of slavery. They had no hope. They had no way of getting out. Had it not been for the miracles of God to to change the heart of Pharaoh, there is no way Israel was getting out of Egypt. It was an impossibility. And, and that is the same way with us. Without Jesus Christ, there is no way that we can get out of our life of sin. We were born in sin. In sin did my mother conceive me. And so everything about us, we, again, re, be reminded, we, do, we are not sinners because we sin. We are sinners because that is our nature. I am a sinner because my mom and my dad were sinners, and they were sinners because their parents were sinners. And it goes all the way back to Adam. And so every single one of us are absolutely in bondage to sin. There is no way that we can get out of it. There is no, we have absolutely no hope. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. And yet God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin that he might become sin for us. God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins and my sins to lead us out of Egypt, to get us out of the world, and to give us his promises, and to give us his victories, and to conform us to his image. Now, after God has done all of that for us, how in the world, how in the world can we go back to playing the harlot? 
How in the world can we say, well, thank you, God, for what you've done for me, and thank you for how you delivered me, uh, but uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to enjoy the pleasures of Egypt. Uh, thank you, God. I, I, thank you for uh, delivering us out of bondage. Thank you that we're not slaves anymore, but we're going to go back to the ones who enslaved us in the first place, and uh, we're going to enjoy our time with them. And that's what he says. He says He says in verse number 25, he says, For of old time I broken thy yoke and burst thy bands. I, I set you free. I took that yoke of bondage off of you. I burst the bands that were tying your hands and your feet. I did that, and you said, I will not transgress. Remember, remember all those times that they told Moses and Joshua, we will follow the Lord, and, and we will follow his commands, and we will do what is right. He says, you said, I will not transgress, and yet on every high hill and under every green tree thou wanderest, playing the harlot, going back to the world, going back. God says, you're my people. He says, you're, you're, you belong to me. And yet you are going after other countries. You're going after other nations. You're committing adultery with Egypt. You're committing adultery with Assyria. You're, you're inviting all of the gods of this world into you. You're playing the harlot. And he's no, notice how he uses these words in verse number 21. He says, I had planted thee a noble vine, a right seed. God, God took them and nurtured them and planted them in, in such a way that they would be a noble vine. God promised Abraham, I will give you all the land from the rivers of Egypt all the way up to the rivers of Euphrates. I will give all of that to you. I will plant you as a nation. All nations shall call you blessed. He says, how then art thou turned into a degenerate plant? A degenerate plant. What what a what a terrible word. You have turned something that was noble into a degenerate plant. You he he says in verse 22, for though thou washest thee with nitre and, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me. You you try to wash yourself, you try to make yourself look good, you try to say, Oh, we're not so bad, and we haven't done so many bad things. But God says, I see your iniquity, I seen you gone after the way of Balaam. He says, He says, See thy way in the valley, Know that thou hast done, thou art a swift dromedary traversing her ways. Now, now think about it. The word traversing, it means going back and forth. He says you're, you're just like a swift dromedary. Dromedary is a, is a form of a, it's a type of a camel that uh, was a wild uh, animal that just, he, he's, he's in the valley. There, he has no purpose. He just goes wherever he wants to go. And again, this goes exactly to what we're talking about in verse number 36 when he says, why gaddest thou about so much? He says, you're like a, a dromedary that is just traversing her ways. Verse number 24, he says, you're like a wild ass used to the wilderness that snuff of the wind at her pleasure. You just do whatever you want to do. You just, you're, you're wild. You, there, you don't have anybody controlling you. The Bible says in her occasion, who can turn her away? Talking about this wild ass being uh, uh, pregnant, getting ready to have a, 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 a child or, or a baby ass, whatever, a baby donkey. And he says in her occasion, who can turn her away? All they that seek her will not weary themselves. In her month, they shall find her. He says, you're wandering around and, and you have committed adultery with all of these other places, but it is going to catch up with you. 
You may be a wild ass that can run around and you can get away with whatever you're going to do it, but there's going to come a time where you're going to reap what you sow. There's going to come a time when you end up having to deliver that baby that you got as a result of your adulterous relationship with these nations. And at that point, he says, they will find you. They will find you at your weakest point. They will find you at the weakest point. He says, what? He says, with, with, with hold thy foot from being unshod. Don't, don't be uncontrolled. Don't, don't be, don't, don't, don't. Don't get out there and say, well, I don't want any law. I don't want any control. I don't want you to domesticate me. I, I, I want to be my own man. But you said, there's no hope for me. No, for I have loved strangers, and after them will I go. Can I, can I say this? I think so many times the reason why we, we lose our focus, we, we, we lose our purpose, we lose our direction, we forget who saved us. We forget who delivered us from sin. And, and, and I see this in my life over and over and over. God has saved us from a life of sin. He has sanctified us. He has made us his child. He has loved us. He has done everything he can for us. And yet we will willingly we will willingly say, I don't want someone to tell me what to do. I don't want to listen to what the Bible says. I don't want to listen to what the preacher says. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I want to live my life the way I want to live my life. And so we become like this dromedary that is traversing her ways. We become like this wild ass who is used to the wilderness, snuffing up the wind at her pleasure. We want to live life the way we want to live the life. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. And yet we want to claim, oh, I'm saved. I'm born again. I go to church, I have a Bible, and yet we live our life just like the world. There's no difference. We say, oh, I will not transgress. And how many times have we gone to the altar and repented and say, God, I'm sorry for this, I'm sorry for this. And then we turn right around and we wander about just like Judah did here, committing uh, adultery, playing the harlot with the world that is involved with the sin that crucified our Savior. Is it no wonder we have no purpose? Is it no wonder we have no direction? Is it no wonder that we are gadding about so much? Could it be that we are so involved with the world and the pleasures of this world and the sinfulness of this world and 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 we don't we don't want that that uh, that we don't want somebody telling us what to do. We don't want a Bible telling us what to do. We want to do our own thing. And so we have no, when it comes to spiritual things, there's no purpose, there's no guidance, there's no, there's no desire to do what is right. They forgot who delivered them. But then let's look at the sixth thing. Look at the sixth thing. Look, look at verse number 26. He says, As the thief is ashamed when he is found, so is the house of Israel ashamed. They, their kings, their princes, their priests, their prophets, saying to a stock, Thou art my father, and to a stone thou hast brought me forth. For they have turned their back unto me, and not their face. But in the time of their trouble they will say, Arise and save us. But where are thy gods that thou hast made thee? Let them arise, if they can save thee in the time of thy trouble. For according to the number of thy cities are thy gods, O Judah." 
Wherefore will ye plead with me? Ye have transgressed against me, saith the Lord. In vain have I smitten your children. They received no correction. Your own sword hath devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. Mass say number six, the reason that they were gadding about, because to them God was only someone to go to when they had problems. <laughs> God was only a God to solve problems. God was not a God to direct us. God is not a God of holiness. God is not a God uh, of judgment. God is not a God that is, will hold us accountable one day. God is just a God that is there so that when I have problems, when I have difficulties, when I have trials, I can go to him and he can get me out of them. And God says, hey, why don't you go to Egypt? Let them solve your problems. Why don't you go to Assyria? Let them solve your problems. These, the, these idols that you have set up in my place that you say are the ones that, that you want to give your time and your pleasure to and your effort to, why don't you go to them? Let them solve your problems. Why, why do you come to me? He says, according to the number of thy cities are thy gods, O Judah. You have brought in so much idolatry and you have brought in so much corruption in my land and within my people that you have forgotten who God is. I have corrected you. I have smitten you. I have, I have brought chastisement on you and yet it has no effect. But when you have troubles and when you have trials and when you have difficulties and when you have financial problems, oh God, hear us. Oh, God, save us. <laughs> and God says, where are thy gods that thou hast met? Let them arise. Let them save you. Has, 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 is God only a God to you that is there to solve the problems and get you out of problems? Or is God your God? Is he truly Lord? Does he truly have the right in your life to tell you what to do? And I know that he has the right, but do you understand that? And do you accept the fact that Jesus Christ as Lord has the right to govern your life and demand how you live your life? God is not somebody that we just go to when we have problems. Hey, if, if that's the way you look at God, then your spiritual life is going to be a wreck. Because only in times of problems, only in times of troubles, only in times of difficulty, that's, that's all that God is to you. God is just your genie that you can rub the bottle in, and he comes out and poofs and gives you three wishes on how, you can, how he can solve your problems. My friend, that is not the God of the Bible. God is not just to be there just to solve your problems and your difficulties when they come up. He is there to be your God 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. He is your God. And until we learn to accept that, all we're going to do is gad about. All we're going to do is wander around. No purpose, no focus, no direction, because we have no one who is that we are accountable to. He's just a God to solve my problems. He's just a God to solve my difficulties. And God says, hey, you know, you want to get your pleasure from the world and you want to worship sports and you want to worship social media and you want to worship, uh, you know, your politicians. Let them solve your problems. Let them take care of you. you put, you've made me second class. You've put me on the back burner. 
and and you're you're there just just enough spirituality so that you can say when you have a problem that I can pray, but when it comes to the everyday manner of life, we could care less about God. We could care less that he's our Lord. We could care less that he he has given us his word and we're to live by his word. We could care less. And so therefore we are a people who just gad about. We're just a people who have no purpose, no goal, no direction. Quickly, let me give you the last thing. We said, first of all, let me just review these very quickly. They forgot to whom they belonged. They forgot whom had provided for them. They started following things of no profit. They forgot who led them. They forgot who had delivered them. Number six, God was only there to solve their problems. But let's look at the seventh thing, because I believe the seventh thing is the saddest of all. In verse number 31, he says, O generation, see the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness unto Israel, a land of darkness? Wherefore say, my people, we are lords, we will come no more unto thee. God says, have I been a wilderness unto you? Have I, ha, have I not provided for you? Have I not given everything you need? Have I not been there to bless you every step of the way? Verse 32, can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people, my people have forgotten me days without number. Days without number. We have been so involved in life, wandering from day to day, aimlessly, going about life, following things of no profit, living our life the way we want to do it, and we have literally forgotten our God days without number. Verse 33, why trimmest thou thy way to seek love? Therefore hast thou also taught the wicked ones thy ways. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute because when I read that verse, that verse was like a knife into my throat. He says, thou hast also taught the wicked ones thy ways. Your lack of direction, your manner of life, your rejection of God's word, your desire to live your life in a way that you desire to live your life without any accountability, without any direction, without any focus, you by your life are teaching the lost people thy ways. Now, now wait a minute. I thought there's supposed to be a difference I thought we're supposed to separate ourselves. I, I, I believe in the doctrine of separation. He says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And yet here we have God's people teaching the wicked ones wickedness. That, that, that is about as low as you can go. I mean, when you, you, you understand that, that God had no recourse left but to send children of Israel into captivity, to send the children of Judah into captivity. He had no recourse. They had, they had lost their focus completely so much to the point that their own wickedness was teaching the wicked how to be more wicked. <laughs> that, that's, that's low. That, that's reaching the bottom of the barrel. That's, that's reaching a point in a person's life where you have absolutely lost every single effect for God. 
when the lost people are learning wickedness from God's people, we have a serious problem. What, 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 what is the wicked learning from you? Are they learning godliness? Are they learning holiness? Are they learning separation? Or when they look at you, do they look at you and they say, well, you're just like us? Do they look at us and say, well, if a Christian can do that, then I can do that. If a Christian goes to that activity, then what's wrong with me going? If a Christian drinks that, why can't I? What's wrong with me drinking this? If a Christian watches that, if a Christian is involved in that, then what's wrong with me doing that? And so we who are supposed to be the example of holiness, we who are supposed to be the example of righteousness, the world is looking at us and they're using us as an example, as a testimony to justify what they're doing. Israel had lost They had lost every bit of influence that they had for God to a point where God says, hey, you, you have lost it all. I'm sending you into captivity. I am going to keep a remnant, and with that remnant, we're going to start all over because you have, you have reached the point now where your wickedness is now teaching the wicked how to be more wicked. My friend, that, that, that is the bottom of the barrel. That, that, that is as low as you can go. My friend, when our life is just gadding about, when our life has no focus, when we have no view of holiness, when we have no view of preaching the gospel, when we have no view of always abounding in the work of the Lord, we, by our lifestyle, listen to this very carefully, by our lifestyle, we are giving the wicked a reason to justify their wickedness. Because if someone who says they're a Christian can do it, then what is wrong with me doing it? Then what's wrong with me doing it? My friend, they had lost their influence for God. They wandered about. They're gadding about, going this direction, going that, no purpose, no focus, no no law of God to direct their lives. No prophet of God uh, standing up and, and they say, hey, we're going to follow his preaching. Uh, we're not going to follow the priests. We're not going to follow their teaching. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to go our own way. And so God says, why gaddest thou about so much to change thy way? God was not unjust in sending them into captivity. God was not unjust in chastising his people. God was not unjust with his desire to start over. You, you, you look at this, you, and, and this reminds me, and, and just quickly be remindful if you go back to the days of Noah, and I'm going to be bringing a podcast here pretty soon on this, on this subject, but go back to the days of Noah and think about if God had waited another generation of all the people in the world, of all the people in the world, there were only eight left that were righteous. Eight of millions, only eight. And the direction and the way the world was progressing at that time, you give them just a couple more generations, maybe only one, but let's just give them two. Give them two more generations, and there would have been none left. 
And I truly believe in that same way the reason why God had to destroy because God gave man the opportunity to try to live their life under their own means and with their own mind and their own desire and without the law of God, you will go your own way. You'll do your own thing. And so God says, hey, if I don't destroy this world with a flood, there will be no one left. There will be no one left to love me. There will be no one left to serve me. There will be no one left to fulfill my purpose. Now fast forward to here. Judah had reached a point where they were teaching the wicked their ways. God says, I can't. If I, if I let you go, if I just let you continue, you, Israel will lose all their influence. Judah, I mean, Israel was, was gone. Israel was, I mean, Israel was... They, 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 were, they were obliterated. I mean, there was no remnant there. At least with Judah, God says, hey, don't worry, I'm going to save a remnant because God had a promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he must fulfill. And so God raised up a remnant. But it, Judah as a nation, Judah as a people, reached a point where God said, if I don't send you captive, if I don't judge you, there will be nothing left. There will be nothing left. There will be no one left that will accomplish and fulfill the purpose that I have for them. So Israel, Judah, why gaddest thou about? Why are you gadding about? Why, do, why are you living a life of no purpose? And look, I, I, I just pray. When I read that verse and when I looked at this chapter, God really got a hold of my heart. And I just wanted to really reevaluate some things in my life. Am I just gadding about? Am I just wandering? Am I, am I just living a life with no purpose, no direction, no goal? Or do I have a fixed focus on what God wants me to do? And I'm going to make sure that I live my life in guidance with his word, with his Holy Spirit, with, with the commands of God, with the principles of God, with the church, with my pastor. I'm going to stay focused on what God wants me to do so that I can always abound in the work of the Lord. Amen? Amen. I hope that was a help and a blessing to you. I know it was to me. And uh, great, great passage of Scripture there, passage that we can desperately uh, see what God was trying to do to his people, but a pastor's scripture that ought to motivate us to take a look at our own lives and see what we are doing for God. Well, went a little long today, and uh, I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, that's, that's just how the Lord led, and so I hope that it was a help and a blessing to you. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again so much for your prayers, your support, and uh, thank you for your interest in our ministry. We get so many churches writing to us and having us to be involved in their missions programs and sending them videos about how to encourage their church more in the area of missions and things. And so I hope and pray that our ministry here in Uganda uh, will represent you well uh, as you try to do your best to reach your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, once again, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And truly, it is not in vain in the Lord. Let's do everything we can not to gad about, but let's do everything we can to always abound in the work of the Lord. Amen. Well, God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next Friday.
We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com. Thank you.